Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. And produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 568 for release on Sunday, January 12, 2020. On WaveScan today, the radio scene on a volcanic island in the South Pacific, the recent tragedy on New Zealand's White Island. More on the radio scene in Andorra, our Philippine DX report from Henry Umadhai, and our Indian DX report with Prithwaraj Purkayasta. People around the world have been saddened by the news of several tragic deaths as a result of a sudden volcanic eruption on White Island off the coast of New Zealand. The White Island volcano erupted suddenly and unexpectedly at 2.11 p.m. on Monday, December 9, 2019, at a time when 47 tourists were making a tour of the island. Here now is Ray Robinson at KVOH with the recent tragedy on New Zealand's White Island. Thanks, Jeff, and I must apologise. I'm fighting off a cold here and not succeeding, but I should do my best. The uninhabited White Island is located in the wide Bay of Plenty, some 30 miles off the northeast coast of the North Island of New Zealand. It's a submarine volcano rising a mile off the seafloor, and only the top 1,000 feet of it is above sea level. The island is roughly circular in shape, with a total area of almost one square mile. In the Maori language of New Zealand, White Island is known as Tipuya or Wakakari, which can be translated into English as the Dramatic Volcano. White Island was discovered by Captain James Cook aboard his good ship HMS Endeavour on October 1, 1769. He named the island White due to the intensive cloud of white steam emanating from the island, though he didn't specifically state that the island was actually an active volcano. The island has never had a permanent population, and there's little vegetation on the island. Even the scrubby vegetation is diminishing due to the effects of volcanic activity. A population of Australasian gannets was numbered five years ago at around 5,300 pairs, though this number has subsequently diminished due to the harsh life for the birds on this island. In 1867, ownership of the island was granted to Riti Riti and his sister Catherine Simpkins, who were the adult children of a Danish sailor and a high-ranking Maori woman. Ownership was passed on to the French-born judge John Wilson a few years later, and he began the commercial mining of the sulphur deposits in the mid-1880s. The first era of sulphur mining on White Island ended in 1901. A second era of sulphur mining on White Island began in 1913, but ended just a year later when the collapse of the crater wall resulted in the death of ten miners. Their bodies were never found. The only survivor was a cat, which was given the nickname Peter the Great. There was a third era of sulphur mining on White Island, and this began in 1923. Workers were housed in temporary huts that were erected near the Gannett colony, and they commuted daily by small boats, or if the sea was rough, by walking a narrow and rubbly pathway. 
Heavy machinery aided the mining of the sulphur, but again the project was dropped ten years later due to the poor quality of mineral content. In 1932, the island was bought by Auckland stockbroker George Buttle, and it has remained in the Buttle family ever since. In 1953, the New Zealand government offered to buy the island, but the owners declined to accept, and instead the island has been declared a privately owned scenic reserve. Tourism to this volcanic island is the only form of income, and each year some 15,000 or more tourists from all over the world come to see an active volcano close up, or to study its irregular history of volcanism, or to ponder over its nostalgic pioneer backgrounds. At the time of its most recent dramatic and tragic eruption, 2.11pm on Monday, December 9th, 2019, a total of 47 tourists and tour guide officials were on White Island. Another small group were on board a tour boat near the island jetty. They quickly went back to the island and rescued those who were already standing on the jetty and waiting. Those who were nearby on the island were also rescued. However, those who were further inland on the island perished in the cataclysm, and the helicopter that was on the ground was damaged beyond use. An initial casualty list showed that 12 people survived unhurt, 30 were injured with superficial to serious burns, and 5 were confirmed as dead or missing. These people were from New Zealand, Australia, the United States, Germany, China, England and Malaysia. The volcanic upheaval sent a plume of ash and smoke more than two miles into the sky, a sight that is visible from space. Scientific personnel stated that the event created a local radio blackout that extended for four hours. In spite of the paucity of human activity on the island, a small though important communication radio station was in use thereon. During the third mining era running from 1923 to 1932, this radio communication station was registered with two very different, though official, consecutive call signs. In 1928, the allotted call sign was VMDJ, and strangely it was granted an operating frequency within the 80-metre amateur band. A four-letter call sign beginning with the two letters VM is reminiscent more of a station located on a South Pacific island rather than an official New Zealand location. The subsequent call sign, shown in a 1933 list, was ZLI. A three-letter call sign beginning with the two letters ZL indicated a communication station in New Zealand and generally a station of significance. In more recent years, a whole series of small automatic transmitters were installed at various locations around the volcano on White Island. These small transmitters can be best described as being similar to the small automatic transmitters that are used to convey weather-related information to a central location. The small units located on White Island convey various aspects of information related to volcanic changes such as land movement, gases emitted and temperature changes. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray. Ray Robinson there at KVOH in Los Angeles. Well, this week in the studio, we have a special guest, Marcel Roberts, who comes to us from uh, Holland. And uh, Marcel, you have a long history here at uh, Radio Miami, actually. Uh, I think this is your first visit to our Okeechobee studios, right? 
Uh, that's correct, but um, I think uh, I've been around since 20 in in the history of Radio Miami International for 25 years. Yeah, because uh, some of our longtime listeners, and I'm sure there'll be a few of them out there, uh, may remember. Uh, I think it was close to the time that we first went on the, uh, went on the air, right? That uh, you did a around the world tour. Exactly, and I remember we did uh, call-ins. Um, you called me um, at different locations around the world, and your Standard question was always, Marcel, where are you now? <laughs> That's right. Uh, and and you, I remember you were in Japan, you were in New Zealand, you were in several of the South Pacific F islands, Fiji, right? Fiji, Tonga. Oh, wow. Yeah, Tahiti. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, very very interesting. And you sent us some music from these places, which exactly. we put on the program. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at those days, um, radio was different, of course, and, and music was different, because <laughs> I could send you that music, because, uh, I mean, we, we were still buying cassettes with, um, That's right. with music. That's right, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, it was a very interesting uh, around-the-world tour. We did that. Somewhere we've got the tapes around here of that, and someday I'll run into them, and maybe we'll rebroadcast them. That would, <laughs> uh, it would be great if I would get a copy, because I I don't have a copy. <laughs> At least I don't know where to find uh, my copy. I think they're on reel-to-reel -reel tape, uh, and and we've got the reels around here somewhere. Um, but uh, uh, we'll find them. We'll find them. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Marcel is here most recently. Uh, you were at, and we did I think five programs on WaveScan about Andorra. Uh, and broadcasting, the history of broadcasting in Andorra, and you got to see a lot of it recently at the uh, European DX Council Conference. The 2019 conference was held for the first time ever uh, in Andorra, right? That's correct. Uh, the conference took place between the 6th and the 9th of September in Andorra, in Andorra La Vella, which is the capital city of uh, this small country between Spain and France. Mm -hmm. The radio station or stations there, um, there, there was there was shortwave from Andorra, right? That's correct. Uh, one of the two major radio stations that historically existed in uh, in Andorra, Radio Sud and Radio Andorra. Radio Andorra had a shortwave transmitter on six two two zero in the final days of its um, of its operations. And in fact, I believe uh, Adventist World Radio uh, bought airtime there, right? That's correct, uh, Adventist World Radio and World Music Radio. I think these, these were the last two clients. Mm, yeah, so on 6220 kilohertz. Uh, and then they also had uh, AM broadcasting, right? Yes, on medium wave. Uh, I think the last frequency that Radio Andorra used is 702 kilohertz on the, on the medium wave. Uh-huh. You explained to me that Sud Radio, uh, I think it was basically in French, and they were broadcasting to mostly to France, right? That's correct. Um, Sud Radio was in French and uh, was broadcasting towards France from outside of the French territory, and Radio Andorra was broadcasting in Spanish from outside of the Spanish territory towards Spain. And that was kind of a... Um, these, these were privately owned stations, right? These were privately owned stations in a way that, in any case, uh, Sud Radio was indirectly controlled by the French government. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But let's say, could transmit without complying with the French broadcasting legislation. Uh -huh. So that was the... Uh, like, like Radio Monte Carlo and mm. Europe 1 uh, at this moment are still doing. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Uh, during the conference, you had a chance to uh, visit these places. I, I saw some very interesting pictures you took. Yes, we visited um, the old transmitter location of Radio Andorra, which is a very historical uh, building with a lot of history, with a lot of old transmitter history inside. It's at the moment uh, under renovation, 
So the um, the official visit never took place. It was an unofficial visit, uh, and we were allowed in, and we walked through the works that were ongoing there. So they've decided, rather than tear everything down, to kind of make a museum out of it? Yes. I mean, the building is big, or, or r- relatively big. Uh, the, the ground floor uh, uh, was... Uh, the location of the uh, of, of of the transmitters and this has been beautifully restored now also the transmitter have been restored mm-hmm. and on the first floor the idea is that uh, part of uh, part of a ministry of the Andorran government will move in there uh-huh. but there is still discussion ongoing which part of uh, of the government mm-hmm. but the antenna um there's an antenna on the ground i saw <laughs> yeah well the, the the medium wave antenna the the towers for the medium wave antenna of uh, Radio Andorra are still standing. You can see them even from from this transmitter building. They're up on mm. the mountain. And then uh, the shortwave transmitter, there are in the building three shortwave transmitters. In fact, uh, it's a very old one from before mm. the Second World War. And then there are two, mm. which I th- think are from the 70s, uh, um, which are in the building. Uh, and they, they, they look okay. And uh, in the backyard, you find the rests of, uh, of a Yagi antenna that was, uh, that was used by Radio Andorra on shortwave. Uh-huh. Do you know what the power was on the on the shortwave transmitters? I think uh, what you read, if you, if you read on the internet, uh, I think it was uh, 10 kilowatts. Uh-huh. And they only used one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's rather amazing that they have two, they had two f- well, what I think are complete shortwave transmitters, but they only used one. And, and everything came to an end, uh, I believe, in 1981? Yes, yes. Both Süd Radio and Radio Andorra stopped broadcasting in 1981 after they had a 20-year license and the mm. Andorran government decided not to renew their license because I think so there was, let's say, wider politics behind this decision. Uh, the uh, Andorran government decided that they wanted to focus on uh, setting up a broadcasting station, broadcasting for the population of, uh, of Andorra. And uh, yeah, they, they decided to close down these basically ec- external services yeah. that were uh, were operating from that territory. Uh-huh. And and did they come back then with a domestic service? Yes, after ten years in 1991, I think uh, Radio Television Andorra came on the air, uh, both with uh, with radio only on FM and uh, mm. and and with television. Uh-huh. And you had a chance to visit that also, right? Yes, yes, we had a nice tour. Uh, with a very enthusiastic engineer, uh, and um, I, I think I think uh, it was rather a long and extensive uh, tour. We, we we visited the building, we visited the studios, we visited the the um, uh, the journalist room. They have one central room which is full with journalists uh, working on a long table mm. uh, who are producing the daily news. And is that mostly then Andorra news? Uh, of course, even if it is a country of 77,000 <laughs> inhabitants. I mean, there are things happening yeah. uh, there. Yeah. And I think, of course, also they follow the international news, but the focus is on uh, mm. o- on national news. And they make big news, perhaps, out of small news. Uh-huh. Now, okay, what do people in Andorra, what language do they speak, and what language does Radio Television Andorra broadcast in? Uh, the, uh, I think they work in uh, in Catalan. Mm. which is the the language of the north of Spain but usually i mean when you talk with like the journalists, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah 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 when you when you talk with the people there i mean you can speak in uh, you can communicate in french and you mm. can communicate in spanish but mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, the the broadcasts are mainly in catalan 
We were talking there with Marcel Rommertz of the Netherlands and Belgium, who attended the recent EDXC conference in Andorra, visiting the radio stations there. Marcel was in our WaveScan studio at WRMI during our open house on December 1st, 2019, which marked six years of WRMI broadcasting from Okeechobee, Florida. We'll continue our conversation with Marcel next time on WaveScan with more information about what happened at the EDXC conference. Now we go to Henry Umadhai in the Philippines with his DX report for January. Hello everyone, to our dear shortwave listeners, wherever you are, welcome to the January 12th edition of the Philippine DX. This is report number 154. I'm Henry Umadhai in Bacolod City, Nagas Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. Reception lags for December 2019. December 4, World Harvest Ratio. T8WH on 9930 in English from Palau at 1240 SIO 444 December 4 World Harvest Ratio on 9965 in English from Palau at 1230 SIO 434 December 6 KBS World Ratio on 9570 in English from Jim J at 1310 SIO 333 December 10 Radio Taiwan International on 11915 in addition from Tainan at 1225 SIO 444. December 10, Adventist World Radio on 15500. In Indonesian, from Guam at 2240 SIO 333. December 17, NHK World Radio Japan on 11740. In Japanese, from Yamata at 1140 SIO 55. December 17, KBS World Radio on 9770. In English, from Jim J. At 1040 SIO 333. December 17, Adventist World Ratio on 17540. In Ilocano from Guam at 1046 SIO 343. December 17, Rich Beyond Australia on 11905. In Japanese from Kununura at 1105 SIO 555. December 22, Radio Taiwan International on 11915. In Bahasa Indonesia from Tainan. At 1055 SIO 33, December 22, Adventist World Radio, and 11965 in Nishan from Guam at 1038 SIO 340, December 22, Rich Bian Australia on 11905 in Japanese from Kununura. At 1050 SIO 5, December 22, China Radio International on 11955 in Filipino from Kunming. At 1145 SIO 343, December 24, Radio Pilipinas Overseas Service on 12010 in English from Tinang at 245 SIO 444 and December 24, Adventist World Radio on 12040 in English from Guam at 2200 SIO 555. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception lags, and informations to PilipinasDX at Chiaho.com. That's P I L I P I. NSDX for PilipinasDX at Yahoo.com. This has been Henry Umaday for Wavescan in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central, Philippines, saying mabuhay at maraming salamat po. Thank you, Henry. And finally today, our DX report from India with Prithuraj Purkagasta. Namaskar and welcome to the Indian DX report. First, warm greetings on upcoming New Year 2020 to all of you. I hope in the coming years also, I shall be able to present to you my DX monitoring reports from India on a web scan. So let's begin this edition of IDXR with some news updates from Radio World. 
BBC has announced the closure of its shortwave and medium wave transmission in Hindi and Urdu languages. The final date for Hindi language morning transmission 27th December 2019 and their evening half hour transmission under title Dinbhar will be aired on 31st January 2020 for the last time. Meanwhile, BBC Urdu language shortwave and medium wave transmission will come into an end on 31st December 2019. However, BBC authorities has confirmed that they will continue their audio presentations via web platforms like YouTube, Facebook and their website apart from their partner FM stations in this region. BBC has also arrangements to distribute their Hindi and Urdu audiovisual contents with few leading media players in India and Pakistan as well. Starting in the new year, listeners will be able to tune into Radio Poland's English language service through a new broadcasting arrangement on 1386 kHz medium wave. Broadcast will be available from 13 to 14 hour UTC 7 days a week from 1st January 2020. They will be aired from a transmitter operated by Radio Baltic Waves at Luthian. All India Radio Kursiam in the hills of Darjeeling will soon get a new 50 kilowatt shortwave DRM transmitter which will replace the old 50 kilowatt shortwave transmitter. This is the only AIR station in India that runs most of its programs in Nepali language and ever since its inception in 1962. This station has immensely contributed to connect the Nepali speaking community with the day-to-day -day happenings across the nation. The 74th edition of World Radio TV Handbook is released. This is the best-selling directory of global broadcasting on long wave, medium wave, short wave and FM. Apart from their worldwide broadcast schedules, this year 2020 edition features articles on the development of HF transmitting antennas, sea breeze and wind from Japan, radio on New Caledonia, CD Mansour transmitter site, and medium of propagation and their regular digital updates. There are equipments reviews of the alert FDM DOR, AirSpy HF Plus Discovery. Texon 310ET, Texon AN200 antenna and the SDR Play RSPDO's diversity upgrade along with other articles, information and maps. A copy of WRTH 2020 can be ordered on their official website that is www.wrth.com. A very important book on amateur radio was released recently in India. The book titled All About Amateur Radio, Hand Radio by Mr. S. Suri, BU2MY, the founder and chairman of National Institute of Amateur Radio in Hyderabad, is an excellent source of knowledge and information about amateur radio. The book is now available for online sale on Amazon India and Flipkart. And here are some monitoring updates on shortwave bands. Radio Taiwan International in English is heard on 6180 kHz between 16 to 17 hour UTC with Simpo 34434. 
वॉइस ऑफ वियतनाम इन इंग्लिश इज हर्ड ऑन सेवन टू टू जीरो किलो हर्ट्स बिटवीन सिक्सटीन टू सिक्सटीन ट्वेंटी सेवन यू टी सी सिंपो ऑल थ्री बी बी सी हिंदी इज हर्ड बिटवीन फोर्टीन टू फोर्टीन थर्टी यू टी सी ऑन नाइन फाइव वन जीरो किलो हर्ट्स सिंपो थ्री फोर थ्री 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 ए आई आर गैंगटॉक वॉज हर्ड विथ AIR Chennai was heard with very nice reception on 4920 kilohertz between 1630 to 1730 UTC with Indian classical and instrumental music AIR Jaipur was heard on 4910 kilohertz with phone in film song request program between 1630 to 17 hour UTC with simpo 44434 AIR Bhopal was heard between 17 to 1730 UTC On four eight one zero kilohertz, with national program of music, Sinpo three three two three three, Myanmar radio in English news and VOA special English program, was heard on nine seven three zero kilohertz between seven to seven thirty UTC, Sinpo four five four four four, Voice of Turkey in English was heard on nine six six zero kilohertz. Between seventeen thirty to eighteen twenty eight UTC, Sinpo three four three three three. NHK World Radio Japan in Bengali was heard between thirteen to thirteen forty five UTC on one one six eight five kilohertz with news and listeners mailback show. Sinpo three two three two two. KBS World Radio in English was not heard recently on nine six four zero. And nine five one five kilohertz between sixteen to seventeen hour UTC. Weak signal received on nine six three zero kilohertz. Until next time, Prithviraj Purkayastha. I wish you all happy and successful DXing. It's goodbye and seventy three swamasam. Thank you very much, Prithviraj Purkayastha, with our Indian DX report. <laughs> Music from Papua New Guinea ends this edition of WaveScan. Thanks for listening to the International DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, our opening feature story will take us to another interesting island in the South Pacific, Bougainville, which has recently taken a vote to secede from New Guinea and to exert its own independence. We will look at the long and interesting radio scene on the island of Bougainville. Also, more from the EDXC conference in Andorra and our Canadian DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for the program to the AWR address in Thailand and also to the station your radio is tuned to. WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. 
The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110 in Thailand. That's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110 in Thailand. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. And the email address for other correspondence to Wavescan is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida. And with this music from Papua New Guinea, we say goodbye until next week. Wabada!